Good people. Peace. Fee, how you feeling? Feeling joy. I love that. Got a little laughter. How are you feeling? Well, joy is infectious, so I'm feeling it right now, too. It's funny because I was just tired, and then that crinkle paper just really made me laugh. Thank you all for tuning (laughs) in to another episode of Soul Affirmations with Felicia and Kariga. With Kariga and Felicia. And most importantly, you, the listener on the Black Love Podcast Network. Yes. Hey, we are here. We are. And I have an affirmation that I guess we can start with. By all means. It's from my book, mm-hmm. page 46. And it is the totality of this experience includes other things being birthed within me. I am open to what is coming and its teachings. Ooh, put that bar down again. <laughs> the totality of this experience. Includes other things being birthed within me. I am open to what is coming and its teachings. Wow. The totality of this experience. Yeah. Well, that that line in itself brings me more joy. Hmm. Uh, it isn't that it's final or complete, but so far, this journey has brought us 100 plus episodes. Hey. Right? And that's huge. And when I share that with people close to us not just in the podcast world they remarked at what it meant for us to keep going as far as we have oh wow and it has created for me a reference a reminder Mm -hmm. that this has been a journey Mm -hmm. and it is teaching us many things and birthing many things so that affirmation uh, it just brings me present in that regard and i also love how expansive it is Mm-hmm. Could you tell us more about that one? I wrote that affirmation from uh, several months after experiencing the double transition of Kamayu. And it was birthed from me practicing the reframe that mm. I so like so badly wanted to avoid. You know, in your grief, you you really like to honor your feelings as they present themselves. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that I had to learn was that so much more was happening in addition to what had happened. Yeah. And we've had several conversations about the reframe. I have challenged you in a number of ways Mm -hmm. um, around it. And I remember a moment when I understood that I had gratitude in addition to my grief. And being able to finally come to that understanding helped me realize like, oh, the experience that I have isn't just what is happening presently in this moment. There are other things that are also happening. Mm -hmm. There are other learnings that continue to happen, like even over time, right? Mm -hmm. Like we experience a moment of loss that brings forth grief. And that's not it singularly, right? Because time moves us. And when time moves us, we start to experience it differently and we learn different things about it. And 
that's why I like this one because it's the remembrance that things are ongoing. There's always something that is happening in me from this particular experience. And Mm -hmm. the reframe taught me to be open to what was coming and what it was teaching me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's not only applicable in grief. I think it's just like life, right? Like we're tired today, right? Mm -hmm. We're tired right now in this moment. But the Speak for yourself. (laughs) I can't speak for you. Uh -uh. As far as I know, you tired, man. Oh no, I'm a fresh pup. <laughs> Bright eyed, bushy tail. Mm-hmm. Huh? I got all the energy. Oh, okay. Oh, well, for me, there are other things that are happening right now in my experience of fatigue. Yeah. There are other learnings that are happening. And if I lean into that, if I'm first, if I'm open to understanding that and then I lean into that, then there's so much for me to learn in that moment. Like life. Exactly. Right? It's, it, it's a, I get exactly why that affirmation is beautiful and acknowledges grief. Uh, but on, upon a second and third or fourth read, it includes more than grief, yeah. right? It, it can outline or it can describe a passage that you're in, a space that you're in, the acknowledgement that other things are being birthed within us. I think that openness and that curiosity gives us capacity to lean into the wonder. Mm-hmm. Right. And there are a lot of things happening, a lot of changes transpiring, a lot of joy. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's unique moving through what you know to be grief, what you know to be loss. And then somewhere in the days, you find the zeal for living. Right. And it, it, it can't really be explained because it has taken so long to arrive to. But once it's here, it pulls you, right? It pulls you into a new day. Whether that's Kamali pulling us into a new day or being what her parent, being what parenting her requires of us, mm-hmm. right? It mm-hmm. pulls us. Yeah. And then we have our own personal growth and acknowledgement and transformation and life and birthdays. Yeah. So many different things like that really make you. In my experience, like you do that summative assessment, but you know it's not the total, mm-hmm. right? It's just a total so far. Yes. You know what I think about? You're going to laugh at me, but I'm going to bring it here because I've been listening to it lately. I saw Genuine in concert. This is crazy. I did. and This, this is crazy. I, I, I dare you to bring this around. Fucking bringing it around. Okay. I, first of all, he says he has the greatest show on earth, and I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay? That's first. Genuine came out to the song, Same Old G. Okay? I don't know the last time anybody listened to that song, but for me, it's been years. When it came out to Same Old G, it hit different, okay, in my adulthood. <laughs> but Korea and I, so I told Rika about the experience at the concert. Of him coming out to this song. And I was like, Riga, it was dope, right? Like, you know, bringing it up. And I played the song for him. And he felt it too, right away. And oh, there's a part. Because Say Moji is a joint. But go it's ahead. the one, right? It's a joint. But there's a part of the song where he says, thinking about my future lately. Whatever, whatever that, that may be. be. Uh-huh. <laughs> but now it's clear to me. Talk to him. 
I can just be G or Fee or however you want to say re. Like everybody can probably figure it out. Like <laughs> put your syllable in there. Put your syllable in there. Um, and I find that that part of the song connects with our conversation now and that affirmation. <laughs> Do you understand I get the it. connection? I get it. Okay. I laugh at it, right? Because that was I, G. That was real G. I wasn't expecting to to find right pull from the philosophy of genuine. Come on. I right. was not, right? But even in that moment, there was more than the experience of having just because you see him on TV and because he got his own CD, right? Mm-hmm. He says it, of course. <laughs> but he also says day after day, I, I continue, continue to, to be. be. Me oh me, that's all I can be, right? It's a little more insightful. I didn't, I didn't think, I didn't think that genuine was dropping those types of insightful lyrics back then. <laughs> but uh, I took go my ahead bird. and go back and take a listen. If you know, if you haven't heard it in a while, a hundred percent genuine was a pretty good album, in my opinion. This is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. This genuine was... did not pay for this. Airtime. <laughs> I'll be here. <laughs> Either way, yes, you brought up. Like life changes, Mm -hmm. different experiences. One of the experiences that I recently had I wanted to talk about was my birthday. Mm -hmm. I am 36 now. You are. I am. I'm catching up to you. You look good, though. Thank you. You look good. Thank you. I was 35 for a minute, really. A year to be exact. I mean, you you are catching up to me. You're like right on my heels. (laughs) Well, not really. Not not for for like a half a year, I'm not. So All I'm saying is I know what it feels like. Well. This birthday in particular, if you've listened to any of our past birthday episodes, you know that I've had some unique experiences around birthdays as ever since giving birth to Kamayu. And I remember like the 34th birthday, I really wanted to have a celebration. It was important for me to like party because I had been sad so long. And then the next day, that grief hit me like a wave. I I did not expect it. And I realized like, oh, I I was trying to I was trying to push past this this pain that I was experiencing where it really is surrounded by a question of what is there to even celebrate? Right? When you mm-hmm. experience the loss of someone so close, like what is there to even celebrate? There's almost it's guilt even. Yeah, it's so hard. It, it, yeah. Oh, any, so the, the feelings, hard. Yeah, any feeling of happiness or joy or because you remember what joy used to feel like and mm-hmm. you know it doesn't feel like mm-hmm. that with the current mm-hmm. knowing you have. Yep. I remember yep. those early stages. Exactly. And I'm grateful for the experience in my 34th year finding that. Mm-hmm. And I learned more about like, oh, okay, this there is also an experience I'm having with grief around my birthday. I didn't realize it until then when I felt it that next day. 35th birthday, we were in Cabo. Right? Mm-hmm. We went down there for the anniversary. And this was like a big thing because this is our first time leaving Kamali. And that was just a thing in itself. I cried. <laughs> I cried too in I the car. First. I cried in the car, man. Like I red. tried to bring her. I tried to like, man. Let's just <laughs> he bring did. Her. Oh my gosh. I remember that. Oh my gosh. Ridiculous. Either way, this birthday. Well, before I, I jump can't believe in- you said, oh my gosh, like that. <laughs> like you almost skinned up your nose, like, oh my gosh. Like the damn people on the because- internet. <laughs> Who brings their child to anniversary? <laughs> exactly. Somebody. Like, what the heck? I didn't bring your child to anniversary. And I would never, like. Yeah, I brought my child. Exactly. But go ahead. Okay. And sorry. So for my 35th birthday, mm-hmm. 
35 is like a milestone. Would you agree with that? I guess every birthday is a milestone, but in in the context of celebrating a birthday, would you agree that 35 is one of those birthdays where you feel like you have to have a party? What's unique about you asking me that? It it made me think way differently than the subject that we're on. And I'm trying to get back to your question, but it made me ask myself, like, you and I do birthdays totally different. We do. We have. That's crazy. We have. Historically, we have done birthdays differently. Honestly, I feel like it rests in the context that you are a January baby and it's just a different time of year. Yeah. There's um, less people coming out to want to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, summer babies is like. Everybody wants to come to your yeah, party. You, you have parties. Like I've been having parties since I was a kid. Gotcha. And they were mostly like swimming parties. It was always hot. Well, I, I could understand then in that context. Being married to you, I can definitely see why 35 is a significant birthday. It so, yeah, I would agree. Felt, it felt significant and maybe because of my peer group and how they were celebrating. Um, and I knew that when I came back from Cabo, I wanted to have some sort of celebration mm-hmm. with friends, with family. I wanted to just honor that this 35th year in a larger setting. And I kept saying that I was going to do it. and. I was just having so much trouble, like easing into actually making those plans. And I never really quite understood why I was procrastinating even. It really was something that was happening internally with me. And it got to the point where like we had reached the end of August and Dominica had even asked me like, are you still going to do something for your birthday? And I'm like, man, that joke is gone. Like, (laughs) I don't think I'm going to do anything. Anymore, but I was still like saying, "Yeah, I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna do something," and it just didn't happen. So here I am approaching my 36th birthday, and I took the time to ask myself, "Okay, what is it that I want?" Right, and I realized that I wanted to honor all parts of who I am presently, mm-hmm. and for me, that looked like taking time to document. My, how I'm presenting, who I am, what I look like, who's with me every day. Riga, Kamali, you know, I got to have my, my, my family in the photo. And in addition to that, I wanted to take a trip by myself and go somewhere and sleep for two days. <laughs> that was like my, my initial plan. Like, I really just want to go somewhere and just sleep and eat and just, just sleep and get a full night's rest uninterrupted. And I was looking to do that, but something else deep inside of me, when I asked myself what I wanted, it was celebration with family, mm. with like my closest family and friends. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to Dominica about it and we're reflecting on just what coming into the 36th year feels like. I think, I don't know if this is the case for you, but in my friend group, we've talked about like this idea of where you thought you would be, how you thought things would look. And you do it like a lot of, self-reflection and maybe even criticism of where you are in these expectations you set for yourself. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're experiencing a little bit of grief too, because you're kind of like grieving this idea of who you thought you would be and trying to like figure out, okay, well, are, are, where are you? And are, are you okay with that? And are you willing to celebrate that? I get that. And 
when I realized like I am okay with where I am and I, I want to honor this person that I am today because I have endured so much over these last several years. And I feel like I'm always becoming, man, let me just, let me actually try and pull in family and friends. And I did this maybe like a few days before my birthday. Literally, it must have been like six days. Yeah, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a week. We did, we did not have a week left. Dominica was like, hit up Brittany and see if she can make, you know, do this for you. So she was like, you got an idea how you want to look? I was like, I actually do. Like, I, I want vibrant colors. Like, I want pink. I want orange. And this is how I'm feeling right now. And I sent it to Brittany and Brittany was like, man, we could do this with this budget and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, we doing it, you know? And I reached out to family and Kariga's family and my friends here in Oakland and my friends in SAC. And I even reached out to Lacey, who lives all the way in Jersey. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to her about, you know, what this year meant for me, why I wanted to make sure that I was poured into on this particular day. But what was really important was just, man, I just wanted to feel that, that love. One thing I know about Going to SAC as often as we do, one of my favorite things about it, even though sometimes it can be a very tiresome trip as far as the commute. You ain't lying. Is that your family, our family, like fills my cup. There is such an abundance of love there Mm. that I just crave. Like, I just want to drink it all up, man. Like, They're so special. And I told your mom this the other day, and I've said this to you many times. One of the greatest gifts that I got from marrying you is like inheriting the love of your family, like experiencing Mm. that love. And I knew that I wanted the family there. So I was like in that family line Mm -hmm. (laughs) trying Mm -hmm. to see if they were going to make it. And nobody responded in the line. I had to hit folks up individually to find out if they were coming. And they were all coming. So that was good. And Lacey, she ends up coming from Jersey. Dominica comes with Roman from Atlanta by way of Phoenix. And here, here it is like, wow, I have an opportunity to like really celebrate what this journey has been. And how I've arrived at this point in my life, at this experience of my life. And it it was just so incredibly filling. It was so incredibly filling. I think it's beautiful to choose to be present with all those feelings. I think it's uh, courageous to say within a week's time of your birthday, hey, I want to do this. Not because I want everybody to stop what they're doing, but because this fills my cup the most. Right? And, and, and I, I, I think that intention, I think that intention is something we could all feel too, though. Yeah. It's one thing when somebody asks you to come to their birthday and everything about it is inconvenient. I'm just going to say, <laughs> y'all, y'all know, y'all been to the birthday where everything about it is inconvenient. And it's like, bro, why'd you invite me? It's like, you really just want to really do this by yourself. I didn't, this, this restaurant is not oh. <laughs> quenching my thirst. You know what I'm saying? Like you got this big group and bill and you know, the whole, you know how that go. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and no knocking at people who do it that way but I'm saying as a birthday attendee I have been in spaces where the intention and the love and the celebration of life is the is the quintessential thing that I remember mm. and I've also attended some birthdays where I just feel like man this is inconvenient AF <laughs> 
and I, I guess that's what people. I don't. I don't know. Is that just like an Aquarius? I, don't I was know. just about to say. I, I'm gonna name the, the Shit. Aquarius. Well, go ahead and name it. <laughs> go ahead and name it. Go ahead and name it. I want to see if you bring me out for your birthday. I want. I want to. Exp- I want you to be in pure joy. Okay. I do not want you to be managing me and your other guests because I'm gonna feel like, bro, you can manage them. I could. I could have missed this. I guess I'm just telling the truth today. Put a muzzle on him. Put a muzzle on him. (laughs) No, no. I appreciate you honoring your truth. And for me, I think I wanted to honor, like I've said it, you know, my journey. Mm -hmm. And if I were to investigate that more, it feels like I wanted to be okay with the joy that I was experiencing. I get it. Yeah. I wanted to be okay with the joy that I was experiencing. This joy that I have. Like I understand now when people say like the world didn't give it to me and it can't take it away. Come on now. Okay, you're revving up my engine. That's no, what I'm talking about. I, I mean it. I understand it differently than I've ever understood it. You yeah. just have these experiences that teach you so much about yourself. That and and if you reflect on them, at least for me in my case, I swear to you, I did not think I could get through it. So mm-hmm. when you when you reflect on your life and you see the evidence of what you've come through, Korea, I'm what you smiling at because you you don't hear <laughs> your whole this whole episode just sounds like a gospel song. Oh right? my gosh! <laughs> what the, you and your Marvin play. Um, what isn't that Marvin? When I look back after all you brought me through, now I see. that's exactly what you're saying you're saying you're singing that right now you're you're giving that song an annotated text if i was in the studio i would pull it up right now and play it in the back (laughs) no because listen to this though on the real this is this is the beauty of life to me and this one gets really curious about like what intersection am i in Mm. when i start to have a different perspective and wisdom than the one that used to govern my days or govern assessing how I look at a birthday or annual anything like that assessment method that says, uh, oh, I thought I would be or it was going to be this way or I thought I'd be here by there this time. That assessment is no longer even valid for me. Mm. Right. And it, it sounds like it's no longer valid for you. Life is full of so many other experiences than other than what you planned or what you thought. And when you can zoom out and experience it for what it is and all the steps, all the baby wins, all the baby uh, uh, reframes, when you look at that different than the way you love or you, you cling to your plans, it's mm-hmm. a much more beautiful process. Mm-hmm. And that beauty, it, it transcends not just you, but when you see that life is just this thing that we're all experiencing and many of us have um, like we can, in, we can have intention, but I extend so much more grace to people who are just doing it um, and understand, right. That this is like, this is a ride and I'm, and I'm equipping myself with as much gratitude for the journey. I don't know the outcomes. I do know how I feel today. Right. And that, that declarative joy, that radical joy to me, is evidence of maturation and it yeah. and it might happen in the western world somewhere in your 30s and for other people around the world with different circumstances they might come to this awareness at 15 16 right it's just about what life circumstances presents you and when you choose to really like open up to like 
oh, life is not just happening to me. It's happening for me. Right. But it doesn't mean that my plans have to be how my life goes. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And like when I'm able to let go the desire of my own plans fully, like surrender. And recognize the beauty of the day, like the present moment. Bro, there ain't no, there's no, there's no greater joy. And that's why the world can't take it away. Right. They didn't give you those days. Mm -mm. Right. Um, And if they would have gave it to you, I would have gave it back because I had some days that I did not want. Yeah. It wasn't the day I would have chosen, but it has developed my perspective on loving deeply. Um, It has developed my perspective on uh, how I perceive time. Yeah. How I honor my daughter, how I honor my wife. Mm hmm. Life and all its lessons mm-hmm, mm-hmm. has given me this reframe. Mm-hmm. So to hear you, my dear friend, my dear bride, take this assessment and dare to declare joy. Y'all can go back in the episodes when Felicia and I had two totally different tones and I was so sensitive of her reality. And not being able to see the joy, it's not making sense to you. You're a grieving mother. Mm. But I rejoice. I rejoice in today to hear you say these words about having a joy the world didn't give and the world can't take it away. Um, and it is a, it isn't an erasure of what you've been through. No, nope. it is actually the totality of what you've it been through that gives you that gives you the joy, right? And that that alchemy is. It's still yet to be explored fully, mm-hmm. but I truly admire you. I truly admire the way you invite love, the way you make room uh, for love to exist. Mm-hmm. When you talk about my family being one of the greatest things you receive from this marriage, I've been understanding my family different as of late. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for so long, And I will tell you still, but for so long, the attributes of love were um, like kind of given to my mother, Mm -hmm. right? And I always thought that the way I read a room, the way I read an environment, the way I socialize, I always thought that was like, that was my father's strength, Mm. right? But I thought love came from my mother and like learning how to be around people came from and interact with people that like that, that, uh, that intelligence was that came from my father. But recently I learned more about his love. Like he's not void of it. It's not. And I, and I used to, on the real though, I used to just kind of perceive that he was, I guess, mostly void of it because he struggled so much with it. In my formative years. And those years still linger in me. Right. Mm. So watching him struggle with love, I just thought that that wasn't his card. So everything about the way I read a room, everything about the way I read the streets, everything about, you know, that part of me, it made so much sense that it was him. And um, Mm. he's 69. Uh, weeks away from his 70th birthday (laughs) and I learned about his love and why it took so long to mature and why it took him so long to surrender to it. Wow. But it was always there. Um, 
How significant. As told by men who were there with him, when we experienced the more harsh versions of him, these men, um, and many of these stories, may I add, have been locked away behind bars for 30 plus years. Mm -hmm. So I got to hear stories about my father from men who I don't get to talk to about my father. Mm -hmm. I don't get to talk to, period. But, but I'm naming this when you talk about my family's love. Because I'm also saying Felicia and my dad have the a such a tight relationship, right? <laughs> they, they're so close. And he chooses her and he loves her, <laughs> right? This is this. And the messed up part is he's so Jamaican. He like, he lets her know, right. That, 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 that you're my favorite. Like what you can't do that pops. You got other daughters in law. Right. But, (laughs) but they spent a lot of time together too. Right. They spent a lot of time together. And he also liked the way she cleaned her, her, her meat when she was cooking. He was very pleased with how I cleaned my fish. This is, I didn't know that he was watching me for that. Oh, you think you think he was going to eat if you didn't clean that fish properly? That's why he was up in there watching me with that fish. Yeah, he wanted to know how you cleaned it. That way he can figure out if he was going to eat it. And when he saw that you cleaned it well, he was he hey. rejoiced, right? He was proud. And he but, came and told me it was the best salmon he had ever had. <laughs> but but <laughs> I'm I'm naming this because in my adult years, I don't think of my I don't think of my father as void of love. Mm-hmm. But because my formative years were so rough around him learning to express his love, mm. it's like I left that demerit there. And it's not it's not his full truth. Right? Like he is wow. more than Wow. He is more than uh, his toughest moments. Mm. He's more than the harm he caused. And I know that because we have a close relationship today. But it's like who he was lingered so long. But I got to go and hear how men, when he was, let's just say, 25 and they were 20, how much they looked up to him for the way he prioritized his family. Wow. And they all had children. Right. And they told me there was something very different about how he prior- how he prioritized his family. And it was the most uh it was a resolve. Mm. It was a a, a reconciliation mm-hmm. between a version of him that I knew. I love him and accept him for who he is now all day. But there was some things in his past that never fully reconciled. You just, you moved with it and you move with time. But to see that he was trying to love. Yeah. And, uh, and that would look different. Oh, it looked really different. Different than your mom. Right. This is, this is a, this is somebody who spent 20 years in Kingston. Right. Mm-hmm. In the fifties and sixties and seventies, twenty years in salt, as them call it, right? Mm-hmm. Not, not I. We been. I took you in twenty twelve. Yeah. In twenty twelve, it was far from a, a fairy tale. Yeah. I can only imagine it in the fifties, sixties, and seventies, right? Um, 
but I, I give you, I guess I give this context because when Felicia says the love of my family, I now get to redefine that. Mm. And it includes. <laughs> Ooh, how beautiful. How beautiful. Yeah, I redefine that. And it includes the person who struggled to show it. Like he's included. Wow, Riga, that is so significant that you have found this as you're approaching his 70th birthday. And I'm looking at you and I just, you look lighter. And even though there are tears, I see joy in your eyes. Big time. And it's so special because if you know Kariga and look at him and you see his dad, you see some strong similarities. <laughs> I think Big that time. is so incredibly beautiful. Nah, you know what? Because it, it's like, um, you'll hear this about Jamaica as a culture, Jamaica as a people, and you'll especially hear about Jamaican men. You hear about this harshness, and uh, they may not be the most affectionate fathers, but they were there. They worked hard, and they provided. That's my dad all day, right? He provided for his family the best way he knew how. Yeah. And did that uh, for a very long time. So, but for my family, because we spent so long without money and very little time with it, money had nothing to do with our love language for us. It is not the be all end all. We share it like we share anything. It is literally just a resource. Mm -hmm. So no one covets it. Neither my father nor my mother or siblings. We just share it. But since there was so little, it could not measure the richness of our love because we didn't have enough money to measure our love. But I think a lot of Jamaican fathers, namely who have been described as like providers but not nurturers, I think we ought to reevaluate the narrative that we put out about them. Mm. Um, Like imagine somebody trying to nurture under the best circumstances, right? Or the most adverse circumstances. So they're going to be on a learning curve like no other. Mm-hmm. But I think back to my time as a dean in the schools and how much love and empathy I had for the children who caused harm, right? Because I could see some of the best moments in them. Mm-hmm. And I can see exactly when they were going to lose control. Mm-hmm. I can tell by the antecedent that this particular circumstance for them means somebody got to get hit first. Right. Mm-hmm. You can see, but this is the playground. You know what they look like. But I also just think like. Yeah, the more. In the totality of who he is. And who he's becoming. Love was there all along. Mm. Just trying to make its way through other circumstances. Wow. And that is the same for any of us. <laughs> that is actually the same for any of us. But I just think that sometimes when your lowest looks different than somebody else's lowest, people look down on you. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. But the lowest is never about a level. It's just about where you are in that day. But if we were to measure how much he's grown, he might get the award. <laughs> that one. And that's the one. He might get that award. <laughs> I have thoroughly enjoyed like exploring these experiences that we have had 
and how they have shaped who we are in this present moment mm-hmm. and understanding ourselves and the healing that has come mm-hmm. like in the journey from the totality of that experience. Everybody, right? Yeah. The love has been the thing to unify us. Mm-hmm. And it like it 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 calls for us. Mm-hmm. And when that love calls and we're all together, we can take an assessment differently. Yeah. Because it's not just your perspective. Now it is the perspective of people who have witnessed the journey. And that's why you wanted them there. Yes. Right? Yes. People who have witnessed the journey. You wanted them there for us to just take a deep breath and look around. Yeah. And how and how much today differs than those many yesterdays ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and today's joy doesn't erase it. The miraculous nope. thing about today's joy is that it includes it. It includes it. It is inclusive. Hey, man. I love this. Thank you, Riga. Thank you for that synthesis. And thank you for tuning into an, another episode of Soul Affirmations with Kariga and Felicia. With Felicia and Kariga. <laughs> and most importantly, you, the listener on the Black Love Podcast Network. Thank you to our executive producers, Cody and Tommy Oliver. Thank you to our producer, Crystal Hill. Now, if you've been tuning in for a while or even just a short second, we would love it if you took the time to rate, review, subscribe, leave us a note, comment, question, feedback we just look tap in with us from you yes tap in with us let us know how we doing okay and share with a friend if there's a particular episode that you think creates the pathway for understanding or access just press share and send it to a friend from our family to yours may we all love more abundantly peace peace